This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And today, you want to talk about fate. Yeah, because I never did like it. You know, okay. I never, I like, didn't, you know, it's like nothing happens. You don't have anything to do. It's like you're just coasting on through life. You know, that's the idea of it. Mm-hmm. So and fate if, is a four-letter word that starts with F. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I ain't touching that. <laughs> I'm trying to be spiritual here. <laughs> okay. I'll leave you alone. I won't poke you anymore. Well, I'm cool with it, but you know, some people might be listening and they may not get it. I don't know. No, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. So the scripture that people go to for this, not just this, but to support it, it's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And I know it by heart, obviously, but I just want to make sure that I get it right for everybody. So it says, and let me see, I'm going to use King James because that's the one that people are most familiar with, the ones that hold on to this fate thing. Yeah, that's the one with the flowery language. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I can't get it on my phone. Okay. It goes like this. I know the thoughts that I have of you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Now, that is a completely amazingly wonderful scripture if you use it other than trying to prove fate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what does it mean to you if it's not about fate? It tells me that everything is good. Everything is good that if you espouse the idea that God is outside of you, then God's thoughts are good toward me. So you win either way, whether you believe God is outside, whether you believe God's inside, whether you believe God is everywhere, it's good. Good and not of evil. Mm-hmm. Now, the fate part comes <laughs> when it says to bring you to an expected end. Mm-hmm. Now, I can flow with that if we're talking about the one mind. And so my mind is God's mind. And I am like, I'm using the word co-creating, and I know what the expected end is that I desire, right? People use demonstration, manifestation, all their business. So that's the expected end. Whatever my personal vision is, whatever, and God's going to pull things together and bring me into that. Mm -hmm. Conversely, the other translation would suggest that God has everything all mapped out and bring you to an expected end that God has already created, and you just kind of flowing into that 
expected in. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit lazy to me, aside from a few other things. And I don't mean this in a bad way, so I don't want to offend anybody who may be listening. And- oh, please do, because I was about to, before I started talking, I was going to apologize for sounding judgmental, but you go ahead. Well, <laughs> well, people believe what they believe, you know, until they believe something different. I don't want to offend anybody who believes that this means that there's fate, but that also takes a sense of responsibility away from us. And so we just sit back and are supposed to coast along with this plan that God has. And where it breaks down for me is, well, if there's a pre-plan thing, you know, like, you know, then, and I know somebody's going to jump over into the New Testament where it talks about (laughs) predestination, but so what's the point? You know, why should I even pray? Why should I think? Why should I vision, you know, visualizing, just flow along with it? And it doesn't work for me like that. I just can't believe that that's it. Yeah, I think that you are absolutely correct in that. The word that I was going to use, the term that I was going to use is cop out. Because when you read it like the expected end is that I'm going to wind up as the second assistant vice president at the savings and loan, then I don't have to do anything. I instead of my hands. And if it works, then it's God's will. And if it doesn't work, then it's God's will. And I'm not to blame for whatever happens to me. Because it said right there in scripture that God is going to take me to the expected end. And if that expected end is to be in prison longer than I wanted to be in prison because of something that I shouldn't have done, but God made me do it, we're taking all of our power and all of our dominion over the life that we've been given and squandering it and using that basically as the blame. So I like your understanding of the expected end, which is the intention or the desire for the good that we are bringing into our lives. And that's definitely what we're talking about with a practical prayer is we get an idea of the experience that we want to be having and we activate the creative power that has created everything and use that power to create that life experience that we're seeking. In which case the expected end is God having that expectation as us. So, and we get to change our minds. I mean, I'm on like career number nine and job number 27 and it keeps on changing. A lot of them have been really, really good ones. But let's zoom out even just a little bit more. The expected end. And we're talking about God's expected end. Okay, the one I was just talking about is our expected end. The way that I'm able to set an expectation and intention and bring something into my life. The scripture, and you might have to reread it to me again because we can get to parse all the words that the King James translators came up with. If it's about God's expectation, that God expects us to turn away from evil and open ourselves to good and reach that expected end, we're looking at the really big picture. So there is this infinite spiritual universe. It is all God. It is all God. And then God individualizes and particularizes itself as us. So we get to be spiritual beings having a human experience. And we're going to go through this human experience, whatever it is, until at some point when we are done, we're going to return to whatever our place is in the one. That's the expected end. The expected end is that we're coming back to oneness. And if there's a possibility of doing that while we're having our human experience, great. Mm. But if God has an expected end, we're not going to mess with it. (laughs) Again, are we going to disappoint God? Mm, no. If no, I, I could disappoint so. God, if I could disappoint God or make God upset or angry, then I'm in charge of the relationship. And I don't think God works that way. 
I think God is not going to get angry at something that I do because then I'd be able to push God's buttons. And I don't think that that is the sort of relationship that God is going to have with its creation. I don't think so. To lose control. Really? Really? <laughs> because of something I did? Wow, that's arrogant. It's, <laughs> this thing is it's a lot, right? It's a lot because, and I take it, I moved in a very delicate way with it because I was a pastor and I taught this stuff for 35 years and years before I was a pastor when I was a teacher and all of that business. So the transition for me is quite easy. I think it was over time, blah, blah, blah. But to explain it to others that I explained it to differently before can be a bit challenging because this way makes more sense. And we're used to God not making sense. You know, if God has to be really the spiritual thing has to be really complicated and not as simplistic as it actually sometimes feels to me that it is. So I had, you know, then I always try to respect people's feelings in that regard, not just the ones that I have shared a different theology with, but that I know experience a different theology even now from their teachers and what have you. And some of them trust and like me and they'll listen, but they have a hard time making the, you know, so back to fate, <laughs> you know, it just. Well, seems... actually, before we get back to fate, I want to get back to you and teaching it one way in the past and then teaching it a different way now, mm -hmm. because in the Roots of New Thought class, I know that this week is the assignment is to read Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And one of the things that he says in there is if you said something and now you're saying something completely different, just go with what is now. If you've changed, if you've evolved, if you have a different opinion now than you did, you don't have to apologize for what it was before. You can just say, that was then, this is my understanding now, and teach it differently. And if your students have a hard time with that, just say, my understanding has evolved. And I'm not thinking about it the way that I used to teach it, and you can let go of that too. And if you want to hang on to that, then that's yours. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. Absolutely do. I'm a tad bit, a little bit more nurturing in the teaching of that, the transition piece. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yes. Well, that's very polite to the students. But you don't have to continue saying something or believing something or, or teaching something the way that you used to just because you did that once and you staked out a claim for it. There's growth and change and transformation possible, even yes. for the teachers. Absolutely. Read the scripture for me one more time, and then we'll talk some more about fate. For I know the plans. Now, this one is New International because this is what my phone just gave me. Central <laughs> technology is helping us it today. Did, it you. did not like King James, so I'll get this one. Okay. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Then you will call. Okay, listen, here it goes. Let me do it the other way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know the thoughts I have of you, for you, says the Lord thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. So it is so easy when you are looking at that through a particular lens, from a particular perspective, to layer on whatever meaning you want on top of that. Sure. I mean, we've discussed three possibilities, and there are more, you know, bring your own opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, who's expected end? And what do you mean by good and evil? Well, is that the same for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, in most cases, I pretty much understand what the definition of all of those things are. 
to the listener or to the student, I understand it. And to me, so you've been in New Thought, like you're a New Thought genius, right? That's what you call me, but <laughs> okay, I haven't been doing anybody else's theology for the last 25 years. That's for sure. Okay. So you know this stuff in a second nature. To me, it's not that bad. You know, I've been on the other 35 years on the other side or longer, much longer. And I wanted to make the leap and I decided and I walked myself across that bridge. There are others. I understand the sticking points. And as though as much as their heart might want to make the change, nobody wants to disrespect God. You know, you're unraveling. I'll use that term for the lack of a better term. You're unraveling a whole lot at one time. And people want to make sure that they're not disrespecting God. They're not disrespecting the Bible and blah, blah, blah. So it takes a lot and a lot of patience, which I didn't realize that I had people say I have a lot of patience. But I know what hurts you in this transition. And it takes a minute. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that you make the final leap when the pain gets enough. Uh, yeah, that's always where we get to change. We're either pulled by passion or pushed by pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, who wanted to jump out the window in the World Trade Center on nine eleven? Only the people who didn't want to burn. So it's like there weren't any good choices. <laughs> it's, Do the best you can. There's a lot of pain going around, you know, in this generation or in this time that we're experiencing right now. So a lot of pain. I can't remember a time when there's so much pain going around for different reasons. You know, it's political, it's social, it's the pandemic. We still feel the pain of that. There's inflation. All this stuff is coming down at one time. I feel really sensitive for people who are taking it hard. Because if you have a certain theology, it doesn't help you with this, right? It doesn't help. So I believe also that there's nothing happens by accident. This time is happening for a reason. So that I believe that people can see a different view or entertain the thought of a different view of God. Because to stand on one side of the street, this all this stuff is totally overwhelming. And you find that your way of praying and believing doesn't work. And so you're looking for something else. But, you you know, usually your back gets against the wall before (laughs) before you do. Let me say this. I am not a healer. I do not claim that whatsoever. But somebody came to me once, and I had known them for so all of my adult life. And they were not coming near me you know, theologically at all, until they got into a situation where their theology wasn't working and it was desperate and they reached out. And I could say, look, I told you so, or I said, listen, (laughs) (laughs) which I wouldn't, you know, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't even think of that. So I just kind of essentially said, you know, come on, I'll take your hand and we'll go this way. And I know that if they were imperfect, everything in their life was cool and they were in control, that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. But I didn't do it to them. No. Life put them. You used the patience. You waited until the opportunity was there and then you met them where they were. 
Yeah, Perfect. but that would imply that I waited and I was going to do some good for. I didn't care, you know. Right. Like, well, I'm on my. Yeah, I'm on my way doing my thing, right? Right. And patience is like when the opportunity appears, we will respond to the opportunity. In the meantime, we're not wrapped around the axle that it's not here yet. Oh, I hope something bad happens to her so she'll come talk to me and let me help yeah. her. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. It's about meeting people where they are. Right. Like, I almost, this sounds mean, but you know, if you don't see it, I don't care. I mean, I don't mean, I don't care mean in a mean sense, but if you're happy with the, the way things are going, go with it. You know, I personally believe down the road, you're going to you know, look for a different option, but that's not what I'm doing. Like, I'm this not is where you are right it. here and right now. Yeah. Let's take yeah, a break yeah. and then we will continue with fate. You can put practical prayer to work in your life and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. He'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, who just appeared in the seat like magic. Like by magic. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I love doing magic. And I love talking about fate, which is what we're talking about today. So from scripture to a four-letter word that starts with F to however it is that you want to be describing fate, is the circumstance and the unfolding of your life something that is preordained? and predetermined? Is there some infinite creative power, some puppeteer who's making everything happen and come out a particular way, regardless of what you try to do? And that's the sort of thing I just love listening to discussion on that and say, okay, predestination, discuss please. And the, <laughs> listen to the conversation that goes on. So I'll stop talking now and just uh, discussion please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you want me to discuss it? What I sure. think of <laughs> Oh, well, it's just, I think I said in the beginning, fate is like, to me, if it's all about fate, if it's all laid out and you're just walking the path, why am I praying? Why am I doing any of this? Just like look at, binge off of Netflix and whatever you like <laughs> to eat. <laughs> and, and it's all going to be there. I don't believe that. You know, it's just, there is some participation on my part. Now, I'm saying that gently because I might 
believe that there's a little bit more than just some participation on my part. But I don't believe in faith like that. I believe that I think we come here wired with a certain sort of maybe personality inclination or something like that. But so I don't just don't believe that it, we're just predestined to be this, that or the other thing. Not so. And to kind of further describe it in a funny way, you know, I have three children and I just knew exactly what they were predestined to do. <laughs> but then they but then they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They, they laugh at me now. So we're not even close. And I'm thinking, you know, I used to tell them, you just did that to me because, you know, I'm right. I know what you were predestined to do. Because <laughs> I know your personality. And you just did it just to spite me. But no, that's not how it goes. If you take the fate and the predestination and you just carry it to the ultimate, you know, if there is some force outside of you that's deciding everything, then how granular is that going to be? And who are you to decide how granular that's going to be? We'll do an experiment right now. Everybody who is listening to the podcast now can do this together. Take a deep, full breath in and hold it. And then you decide when to breathe out. Whenever you want. Whenever you want, go ahead and let it go. Doesn't matter when. You can hold your breath as long as you want to. And at some point, we're all going to breathe out. At some point, we're going to let that breath go and we're going to continue breathing. Well, who decided when that was going to happen? Whose decision was that? And I think that it was our decision, our individualized decision of when that exhale was going to happen. Now, it's inside of a certain range because our bodies aren't going to last for 20 minutes without breathing out. And so, but there's a choice, there's a possibility that's open to us, and that lets us know that not everything has been decided for us. We do have free will, we do have the ability to change something. And if it were that much mapped out, that yes, you're going to hold your breath as long as you think you're going to, and then when you decide it's going to be breathing out, but that's what God decided that it was going to happen. So it's all been pre-scripted. Then none of it makes any difference. Yeah, that's pre-scripting like that. And I do know that there are teachings like that. But that's just too tight. You know, I like it. When, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like it when, you know, because like I just have a different view of God. There are so many possibilities. You know, you could when you said hold your breath, I was doing it. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of different points at which you said, go ahead, go ahead. I could have let it go. So all of those moments of decision or whatever are possibilities that could have happened choices that I could make along the way. You know, that's it. Right. I mean, I have a certain number of years, right, on this earth. I don't know how long that is. But within that time, I certainly have endless possibilities in terms of the choices that I make, I think. Yeah. And the important part for us is you said, you know, that you don't think it's that level of granularity. You don't think it's that fine-tuned that God's deciding every little tiny thing. It's just the big things. Mm -hmm. Well, what's big? And big to who? That's what it comes down to. This is an infinite power that creates galaxies. What could possibly happen in the span of my life on this one little planet with 8 billion other human souls here that's big? Mm -hmm. And who are we to decide this is worthy of God's decision-making and this is too small? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you feel uncomfortable with questioning God and God's decision-making and all of that, let's take a little thing like, Am I here in my destiny? Is it my fate to be single, you know, without a partner? And people say, well, it's my fate to be lonely and all of that. And I'm just sitting there 
listening to that thinking, how did you put that together exactly? So if God has this lonely life set up for you, then what are you supposed to do with this lonely knife? And that doesn't make God very cool, in my opinion. So I think if you're single, it's your decision to be single. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of layers in there, things that you're doing, and you've decided that this is where you are right now. You could change that anytime you want. Yeah. And decision makes it seem like it's a conscious, intentional choice. It's path. It's definitely path. A couple of weeks ago, I did a wedding which was wonderful for a young man and woman who had been looking for each other for years. They were both wanting to be in a relationship. They both were convinced there was nobody out there for them. They both didn't like dating websites. They both didn't like this, that, or the other thing. They wanted this, that, or the other thing. And they had been miserably unhappy because they hadn't been able to find a meaningful and uplifting and connected relationship. And they were both doing prayer about being involved in that relationship. And when I was working with him, I was talking about who do you want to be in the relationship? Not what do you want her to be in the relationship? What do you bring into it? What is that perfect relationship as far as you're concerned? Who are you in that? And as soon as he was ready to embody that, she showed up. She showed up and they knew that they were right for each other. And they'd been happy together for a couple of years and now they're married. And that's the way it works. You know, when he was convinced that he was going to be lonely, that there was nobody out there, then the universe said yes, and there was nobody out there. And then as soon as he got out of his own way and opened up to a new possibility, the universe said yes, and there she was. And another episode, we'll talk about the yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because that's one of those, there's a lot of things in New Thought that are like really strong, you know, subjects to talk about. But when you talk about them, it's like, come on, you know, like... The yes is you set this up like this. You know, I'm going to be lonely. Nobody's going to want me. Da, da, da. You set the game up this way. And so that's how it's being played out. I learned differently. I set it up another way and I'm still learning and I'm still setting it up, you know. But if I don't like the outcome or the way this is going, the way it seems like it's going, look, I look at the game pieces and say, no, this one got to come <laughs> off the board. <laughs> What do I have to lose, right? I just believe that. It's all energy. I can direct this thing as best I can. Yeah. And there's that revolutionary concept that if the answer is going to be yes, what are we going to be inviting? If I were going to get a yes to something, then what would I want to get a yes to? And maybe I would change the stuff that I've been inviting. You know, I'm not worthy. I don't have enough money. I'm always lonely. I'm never successful. People disrespect me. All oh, the rah, da, 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 da. And the answer is going to be yes. Okay, well, I'm going to choose something different. It depends on the, you know, the attitude that you can say, I'm not worthy. Some people will say to me, well, I'm not worthy. And I'll say, well, neither one of us are. Nobody <laughs> is. So now let's go from there. Okay, right. you want to talk about worthy? We're all jacked up. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another break and then we'll do a prayer on getting to yes and letting fate take us there. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices 
all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. You've been pray. having a wonderful conversation about feet and yes and scripture and arrogance. <laughs> you know what? There's a comment that I just want to point to because it's so nice at the end. Fiona talked about predestination, predestined yet predictable by our methodological universe. I really like that predictable by our methodological universe. That catches my attention because I'm saying, okay, methodological, I got you. I'm in it. (laughs) Take the game pieces off the method rules. You know, this works for me. (laughs) So we're going to do a prayer and the prayer is going to be about fate. And our fate is to get a yes. There's an infinite creative power that says yes to all of our powerful intentions. And it is our fate our predestination is to get to that yes. Now, the part that we have control and influence and some decision-making over is what's the yes that we're gonna get to? Because the yes can be about something that we don't want, which we've had people who are complaining about how, oh, I'll never get a good job, and my boss is always a jerk, and I never have enough money, and they're getting themselves to a yes, and they get to continue. When we are doing that, we get to continue having the experience of having a boss that's a jerk and having a job that's not good enough for us and having not as much money as we want to have disposable income. And once we are able to change the belief that we have that we don't deserve to have a good job, that we don't deserve to have a boss who we get along with, that we don't deserve to make as much money as is going to be required to live comfortably, as as, as soon as we get away from that and are able to have a new thought about, I have a wonderful job where I'm respected and I'm sharing my gifts and my talents and my skills in a way that's going to be helpful and productive to my employer, to my boss, to my coworkers, to my clients, and that I'm getting generously rewarded in that. And there's a flow of prosperity in my life. When I change my thinking to open to those possibilities and get the yes to that, then there's something new coming along. And encompassing all of it is what we would call fate. It is our fate to get a yes. And it is our opportunity to choose what that yes is going to be too. So that's the prayer. The prayer is about clarity in understanding that which is going to be uplifting and helpful and what we describe as good in our lives. So let's turn away from all the stuff, all the details and all the distractions in the world around us. If it's comfortable to do so, close your eyes. Because what we want to do is open our inner eye, open our awareness to that infinite creative power that creates everything. We call it spirit or God. We call it nature. We call it the Big Bang. We call it the source. We call it Big Sweetie. Whatever it is that we call it, it is that which is sharing itself as all of its creation. Everything is that one expressed in its own particular way. That includes me. That includes everyone who is listening to this prayer. 
we are each individually and all together that one power and presence taking our own specific form. And that infinite creative power is continuing to create. It is creating according to our beliefs. Whatever we are believing in, whatever intentions we are setting with the faith and belief behind them, that infinite creative power is saying yes. That's the way it works. It's always working that way. And that power is available to us because that power is us. We are that divine presence expressed in our own way. And all of the good that's available anywhere is available everywhere. It's available to us right here and right now, to each of us individually. And so as we turn away from whatever has not been serving us, as we acknowledge the patterns that have shown up in our lives to illustrate for us where our beliefs are leading us into an experience that is not preferable to us, as we are using those experiences to help us understand what we believe about ourselves and about our life and about what's possible, we can uproot those old beliefs. We can turn away from ideas of lack or limitation, of loneliness, of illness, of stuckness, and use that to pivot, to turn to something new, to invite in something different. Where there was struggle or poverty, now there is prosperity and plenty. Where there was illness or discomfort, there is now the opportunity for wellness and health and vitality and comfort. Where there was loneliness, there is the opportunity for love and connection and friendship and uplift. Where there was stuckness, there's now the opportunity for creativity and for something fresh and new and wonderful. So as we turn our attention to that new experience that we are desiring, the broadest brush possible, not the specifics of what company I'm going to work for or who's going to say yes to a date on Saturday night, but that tone and flavor and texture of the experience of life that we're seeking about being uplifted and cared for and nurtured and supported and encouraged and loved, about being in that zone of being in the flow of sharing our gifts in a way that brings uplift to us and those around us, that gets the yes. That gets the yes, and the good unfolds, and that is our fate. Our fate is the ability to invite that experience. And we can switch from doing it unconsciously to doing it consciously. We can do it, switch from doing it automatically to doing it intentionally. And the good unfolds and continues to unfold, and there's more and more and more of that which we experience as good in our lives. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the awareness of this process. I'm grateful for the willingness of each one who's listening to this, to turn away from that which has not been working up until now and do the work of putting that in the discard pile and inviting something new. And I'm grateful for the wonderful way that the love is showing up. I'm grateful for the wonderful way that the good is appearing. And so I have deep gratitude for all of this goodness, deep appreciation for the wonderful way that is unfolding, for the understanding of the creative process, and certainly deep thanks for the operation of that creative law that is already bringing this good into our lives. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law. And I know without any question, without any doubt, without any hesitation whatsoever, that, that creative law is already saying yes, this good is underway now. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-Light.com.
www.realprayer.com where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.